Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. I'm not a huge fan of hypocrisy. I never have been. I hate hypocrisy. I hate when... When there's a double standard, when there's a triple standard, when there's a quadruple standard. I just hate it. I can't stand it. And, and that's what we're seeing. And that's what we're continuously seeing when it comes to Jewish life and the, the taking of Jewish life. It's, it's a double standard. It's a triple standard. It's a quadruple standard. And it's totally unacceptable. And I hate it. And I hate it to a, to a point where, where it drives me crazy. It keeps me up at night because I hate it so much. It's, it's crazy. So, if we take a look, on uh, February 25th, 1994, Baruch Goldstein walked into a mosque and opened fire in a mosque and killed, uh, killed a, a whole lot of Arabs who were praying in a mosque. These Arabs that were praying, he, he, he sprayed a total of 140 rounds and 35 rounds per magazine, and uh, he, he killed a whole lot of people. 29, he wounded 125. It was a massacre. And, and whether you agree with what Baruch Goldstein did or disagree with what Baruch Goldstein did, is irrelevant. The world, rightfully, went crazy. Uh, right-wing settlers, as they called them in the media, were vilified. Everybody in the Jewish community around the world bent over backwards, apologizing and disassociating themselves with uh, Baruch Goldstein and the act that he committed. The condemnations of Goldstein continued and continued continuously. I remember in 1994, I was, uh, I was invited to, uh, to, to be a guest on a radio show where I was debating somebody from the United Jewish Federation. Uh, I was maybe, uh, I was just starting my career, and I was debating somebody from the United Jewish Federation. And I get on the, uh, I get on the radio with this guy, and this guy, he was a pompous British person who, who, who was really a pompous guy and, and very, very, very full of himself. He, he says, and, and uh, this is the exact quote. I think I have it on tape somewhere. I wish I could play it for you, but I, I don't have it handy. But the guy said, the guy said, Judaism does not, and the, the, the emphasis was there because he was British, Judaism does not allow for this kind of behavior and therefore, what Baruch Goldstein did was contrary to Judaism. Now, I took exception to that. And uh, the reason I did, I said, hey, listen, Judaism is what the rabbis define Judaism as and how you're raised believing in Judaism. So Baruch Goldstein was raised believing that uh, murdering, uh, Ju- murdering Arabs was, uh, was, was, a rightful, was, was, was a rightful revenge plot for the killing of Jews, and that was the Judaism that he was taught, and that, that was the Judaism that he believed in, then who are you, I asked the guy, to say that this is not Judaism? To Baruch Goldstein, this was very Jewish. This was the most Jewish thing he could have done. The guy, the guy flipped out. And the next thing I know, I was, I was banned from, from ever appearing on, on, on radio, ever talking to another United Jewish Appeal person, ever having them come onto my show, ever, ever... Uh, taking part in anything that United Jewish Appeal wanted. So they banned me for years. I wasn't allowed to take part in anything Federation wanted to do. 
because I said that there might be a differing view of Judaism and the Federation's view of Judaism isn't exactly what, uh, what, what it appears to be. The reason I bring this up is not because I, I want to bash Federation. I really couldn't care less about them anymore. The, the reason I bring this up is because the Baruch Goldstein uh, massacre is still brought up today. Arabs will still scream, Baruch Goldstein, at you. Uh, if you're arguing with Arabs about the uh, Arab-Israel conflict, you, you're still going to get Baruch Goldstein screamed at you. Now, I, I implore anybody listening, and you could call in if you, if, you, if, you, if you know, if you know the answer to this, call in. Uh, I implore anybody to, uh, to, to tell me what was the name of the murderer that walked into a synagogue in Jerusalem a couple of weeks ago and killed seven people? What was the name of the murderer who walked into a synagogue two years ago and killed a bunch of people? You don't know the name, do you? You don't know the name of the person. And, and, and I'm not saying we should glorify the names of murderers. This is, not what I'm, this is not the argument I'm making. But isn't it amazing that the name Baruch Goldstein will just drip out of your mouth and just roll off your tongue? but not the names of Jew murderers, of people who killed Jews in synagogues? Where's the world condemnations? The United Nations came out with a condemnation for the Baruch Goldstein massacre, but never said a word about Jews being killed in synagogues. What's the difference if a Jew is killed in a synagogue or a Muslim is killed in a mosque or a Christian is killed in a church? The idea that somebody is killed in a house of worship, in God's house, should be infuriating to everybody. Everybody should be really upset about this. Everybody should be screaming and yelling and condemning. Yet when it's Jews in a synagogue, nobody cares. Nobody gives a damn. And that makes me angry because the hypocrisy of the double standard makes me extremely, extremely angry. As it should make you angry, as it should make the entire Jewish community angry, as it should make the entire world, people who are who are moral, people who have, who have some kind of, of, of a feeling, some kind of heart, should be angry that there has not been more of, a, of, of, a, of an outrage over the murder of Jews in a synagogue. I know in various cities, Jews met in synagogues and they said prayers for the, for the wounded. Great. Amazing. That's a good thing to do. That's the proper thing to do. Pray for the health and the, and the healing of the people who were hurt. But the fact that, that there was no world outrage, that the moral world, or the immoral world that we live in, didn't care that somebody walked into a synagogue and shot Jews is outrageous. And we see it over and over again. When Jews are killed, nobody cares. When anybody else is killed, whew, we hear it, we, front page news everywhere. Continuous coverage on CNN. Continuous coverage, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Not for Jews. Nobody cares when Jews are killed. Ah, oh, another Jew is killed in Israel. Who cares? That's the attitude. It's infuriating. It is, it is completely infuriating, and I don't know why the Jewish community isn't mad about this. I don't know why the Jewish community isn't screaming about this. I don't know why we allow the, the nutcases in our community 
who, who commit crazy crimes like Baruch Goldstein. I don't know why they allow them to be vilified across the world. I don't know why Jews bend over backwards apologizing for, for the crackpots in our community. But nobody ever apologizes to the Jews. Nobody ever cares what, the, what happens to the Jews. Where were the Muslim imams getting up and saying, this is unacceptable? As every rabbi in the world got up after Baruch Goldstein. Where are the Muslim imams? Where are they? Why, why the silence from the Muslim community? Now, I'm not saying all Muslims support terrorism. No, that's not true. And I'm not saying that all Muslims agree with people walking to synagogues and shooting people. That's not true either. But if you disagree with it, then you should be vocal about it. Then you should get up and say, I disagree with it. This is unacceptable. They don't represent us. This is not how our community raises our people. Yet all we hear is silence. Just silence. A Jew does something nefarious anywhere in the world. We hear screaming from the Jewish community, condemnations after condemnations after condemnations. A Jew gets killed by a Muslim? Nothing. Not a word. Silence. In my world, silence has always been acceptance. Silence has always been, okay, you know, it happened. Nothing we could do about it. Apathy, silence. That, in my world, that's what it's always been. And, and for the last however many years I've been on the radio, this has always been the case. I once had an imam on the show. I had, uh, years ago, I had an imam on the show. And I asked the imam, I said, hey, listen, uh, you know, when, when a Jew is killed, when, 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 the Arabs, when, when Arabs, uh, Muslims commit these kind of crimes and, and Jews are killed or somebody who's not Muslim is killed, why, why doesn't the Muslim community get up and say anything? And his response was, was really eye-opening at the time. This was maybe 10 or 12 years ago. His response was really eye-opening. What he answered me was, Howie, we would love to, and I'm, I will say right here on your show that I condemn every act of violence committed by a Muslim because that's not what Islam teaches us to do. But if we get out and condemn them publicly, they'll blow up our, our, our mosques. They'll kill our people. They'll kill us. So what he was saying, and I asked him a direct question, I said, so you're telling me that you are scared of the radicals in, in your religion? He says, definitely. They have proven that they could kill us, and they have proven that they will kill us if we speak up against them. So we don't. How outrageous is that? How crazy is that? That people aren't speaking up, people aren't condemning, people aren't distancing themselves like the Jews do. Because they're afraid of being killed themselves. Now, now, could we be could we be upset? Like honestly, could we could we be upset with, uh, with with people who who are afraid for their own lives so they don't do something? Could we be outraged at them that they don't stand up and they don't say what they should be saying and they don't do the condemnations that they should be doing? Is this something that we should we we, we should care about? Is this something that we should take into consideration? Well, there has to be a certain amount of bravery involved. There has to be a certain amount of, uh, of hey, listen, I understand the risk I'm taking, but, but, but the, the, the idea of us condemning this, the idea of us separating ourselves from the radicals who are committing these kind of crimes has to be higher than our own personal safety. I mean, imagine if Martin Luther King Jr. You know, cared about his personal safety more than he cared about the liberation of the of the of the blacks in, in, in southern United States. 
Imagine if if anyone who put themselves for, who put themselves last put themselves first instead, we'd have no progress in the world. There'd be no change. There would be no one. There would be no no, no trailblazers. Everybody stays in their comfort zone. There's no trailblazers. And that's what we need. We need trailblazers. We need trailblazers in the Muslim community. We need people to get up and say this is not what Islam stands for. And I know it's not. But we need people to get up and say it. People in the Islamic community to get up and say it. It's easy for me, a Jewish guy, to sit here on my show and say, you know, this is what Islam is. Where are the Islamic people? Now, when they stay silent, the impression that's given to the world is that this kind of behavior is acceptable. Is that this kind of behavior is is actually is actually um, is actually commendable? It's such a horrible message that you're sending. So when you send a message that this is acceptable and this is commendable, what you're literally saying is that you're not objecting to to more people taking these kind of actions. That you're not objecting to the to the death of more Jews, to more attacks on synagogues, to more attacks on on Jews praying to God. That's horrendous. It may not be the the implication. It may not be the it may not be the actual statement that you're saying. It may not be what what you mean. But by not condemning it, by not standing against it, you're tactically condoning it. And that's the scariest thing in the world. Is that it's being condoned. Is that it's being it's 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 being it's being it's being embraced by the communities. So here we are. Here we are. A couple of weeks after the massacre of Jews in the synagogue praying yet again. It's happened a few times already. And I ask you the simple question. Who is the murderer? Do you know his name? And, and if the answer is no, then we have not been screaming loud enough. If the answer is no, then we have not been protesting loud enough. If the answer is no, then we have not been angry enough as a community. It's quite simple. And we see it over and over and over again. We, 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 we see this kind of apathy, this kind of laid back, this kind of, okay, we accept the fact that we're going to be killed. We're Jews. We know that people hate us. We accept the fact that this is going to happen over and over and over again. This is something that, that continuously happens. And it shouldn't, yet we allow it to continuously happen. We allow it to, to just continue going and going and going until we find ourselves in a situation where we're, we're, we're killed with impunity. Where we're suddenly we've, we've turned ourselves into subhumans. We've, turned, we've taken the humanity out of ourselves and allowed other people to crush us. Now, you may disagree with me, and if you do, feel free to call in. But the truth is that this is what happens. So when we're not outraged when people kill us, and we don't scream, we don't yell, and we don't protest, and we don't, as a community, respond in a strong way, then we're just sending the message that it's okay to kill Jews. I've had this argument for years and years and years uh, when it comes to desecrations and destruction of, of Jewish property. So if a synagogue's desecrated, I've always advocated, and I continue to advocate, that the entire community should be notified. 
that this should be splashed across every front page of every paper, and that protests should be done, and that uh, and, and that we should be screaming and yelling. Now, now I've had rabbis, I've had people on security councils, the Federation Security Council. We take care of the community. Uh, we've had we've had I've had these people tell me that. By advertising, by publishing, and by protesting these kind of uh, behaviors, we're only inviting copycats to do the same thing. But that's not necessarily true, because it all depends on the messaging that you're going to send. So if somebody desecrates our synagogue, the message shouldn't be, we are saddened by the desecration of the synagogue, which is always the message. We, are out- we should be outraged by the desecration of our synagogue. We will not tolerate anybody desecrating our synagogues. Our holy places are our holy places. You cannot touch them. Our graves are our graves. You cannot desecrate them. And if you do and you're caught desecrating them, well, then you will face the punishment and the wrath of the community. This is the message we should be sending. Jew haters, people who hate Jews, should be afraid to mess with the Jewish community. They should be afraid to go near a synagogue and, 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 and do something to a synagogue. They should be afraid to attack a Jew or to yell horrible things at a Jewish person. There should be fear. And there isn't. And there isn't because we as a community choose not to instill fear into our enemies. We choose to be, to be, to be peace. All we are saying is give peace a chance, people. Rather than, all right, you want to come after me, well, I'm going, to come, I'm going to come after you first, like, like the Torah tells us to. We refuse to be the people the Torah wants us to be. Now, it could be that we have, we have this complex because we were persecuted for so many years and that we're afraid to do stuff. That's possible. It could be because we're not training our community to defend themselves and to defend, and to defend their property and to defend, the, to defend their community. That could be, too. Or it could be, and this is most probably the case, as it normally is, it could be, that we are in a position where Jews have become too affluent. Affluence breeds apathy, it always has. And it could be we're in a position where we become too affluent, too comfortable in the communities that we live in in the diaspora, too comfortable with, with our neighbors, too comfortable with our, with our governments in the diaspora. We don't want to shake the boat. We don't want to rock it. Uh, things are good for us in North America. And we rock the boat, maybe we'll, 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 we'll wake up some anti-Jewish sentiment. Maybe we'll wake up some Jew haters. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll just wake them, wake them up. So maybe we should just keep quiet. And I think that's the attitude. The attitude that's been passed down from generation to generation. Zai still. Keep quiet. The less you say, the better it is. And, and that's the attitude I've gotten since I started doing Jewish radio years and years and years ago. Was always, how could you talk about this on the radio? How could you say these things? Who are you to talk about the Jewish community? This, these are questions I get all the time when I do shows. And the answer is, I'm a member of the Jewish community and I have every right to express my opinion. And if you want, you could call in. That's why I have open lines. You could always call in and we could discuss it. And if you don't want to call in, I've had people tell me, I don't want calling into your show because that will justify and it will justify your position and it will, uh, it will legitimize your show. Well, hey, buddy, 
show's been on for almost 30 years. I think it's pretty legitimate. You're not going to legitimize my show any more than it already is. 30 years is a long time. So I, I'm not really worried about you legitimizing my show. What I am worried, and, and what I've been worried about for 30 years, is the, is the state of the community. Now, 30 years ago, we, we had this, if we had this conversation 30 years ago, which I did on the show, I would be saying exactly what I'm saying right now. Nothing has changed. The Jew haters have become more brash. That's, that's it. That's all that's changed. Is that before, Jew haters were, were quiet. They were, they were hiding. They were coming out at night. They were like vampires, coming out at night and doing their thing and then running into their caves. Today, they're brashly being Jew, hatred, Jew haters in the streets. I, I've been a victim of, of Jew hatred. I've seen other victims of Jew hatred. I've heard stories of victims of Jew hatred. But I've seen it firsthand. And it's, 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 really, it's really quite, quite disturbing when I see this kind of thing. I'm sure you're disturbed by it too. I, I can't imagine you're not. It is extremely disturbing. So how do we solve this? What, what do we do to solve the situation? What do we do? Where do we go to, to help fix this problem? So we can't go to the federations. The federations want things to stay the same. They, they, they want Jews to assimilate. They're the assimilationist groups that want Jews to assimilate. They're the Hellenists. They, they, they want to be in bed with the government. They want to make as much money as they can. They want to exploit Jew hatred for profit, which many, many, many organizations do. So how do we solve the problem of Jew hatred? How do we solve the problem? How do we protect ourselves? Now, I've said this a million times, and I'll say it a million more. The first thing we have to do is we have to start teaching our kids martial arts. Every school in the world, every Jewish school in the world should be teaching our kids self-defense. It's the first thing we have to do. A nation that could defend itself is a nation that survives. When people get attacked in the street, if you're able to defend yourself, then you are able to defend your community. So the first thing we have to do is, is teach self-defense. And I can't for the life of me understand why it's not being taught anywhere. Now, now I know some people are going to say, "Howie, you're the principal of the school. Why don't you go, why don't you uh, why don't you um, install self defense in your school?" And it's it's in the plans. It's happening. It's it's going to happen within the next year. It takes time to implement the program. It takes time to get training and blah blah blah. But it's going to happen because I think it's inherently important that as part of gym class, kids learn how to defend themselves. I think it's inherently important that we teach Judaism. To our youth. There are so many people running around who don't understand Judaism. So when a Jew come when a Jew hater comes to a Jew who doesn't understand Judaism, doesn't understand what it means to be a Jew, and the Jew hater expresses some kind of hatred towards the Jew, it's hard to defend Judaism, hard to defend yourself, hard to defend against a Jew hater when you yourself have no idea what Judaism is. Now it's not a critique on on you. It's not, a, it's not an insult to people who don't know anything about Judaism. It's the fact of life, that the diaspora and the, and, and the assimilation factor in the diaspora 
has caused many, many Jews to separate themselves from Judaism, to have no education, no, no practical knowledge of anything Jewish. So we have to start educating people, aside from culture, what Judaism really is. It's more than bagel and cream cheese. It's more than locks. It's more. It's more than uh, than a knish. I know I keep going. I keep going after food. It's more than lighting Hanukkah candles, although that's part of it. But we really have to start educating people on what Judaism is. The masses. We have to find a way to teach the masses to be proud Jews, to embrace the differences of Jews. We're not the same. Judaism is not the same as everyone else. We are different, and that was the whole point of Judaism. Trying to be the same is counterproductive. It is counter of what Judaism is. We can't be the same. And that's the honest truth. We can't be. Judaism is different. It's manufactured to be different. It was created to be different. It was designed as a different, as a different lifestyle. And until we understand that, that we are not the same as everyone else, that we are not uh, North Americans, we are not people of, the, of North America, until we understand that, we can never conquer the Jew hater. We have to understand the fundamental difference between a Jew hater and a Jew. If we can't do that, then we're seriously in deep trouble. If we, if we can't do that, if we want to be like everyone else, if we want to, if we want to, uh, to, to, to just meld into society, if we want to be part of the great American melting pot, then why do we call ourselves Jews? Why do we hold on to this tradition? What is the point of being a Jew who's just like everyone else? It seems kind of pointless to me. Now, now maybe, some, maybe you have a different idea. I don't know. Give me a call. But to me, it just seems kind of pointless to try to be a Jew who is like everyone else. Then what makes you special? Why are you a Jew? And it's a question I ask a lot of assimilated Jews. Most of the time, they, they, call, me a, they call me a name and they walk away. But it's a question I ask a lot. If you are not going to do anything Jewish, aside from eat bagels, then what makes you a Jew? And why would you want to be one? Because my mother was Jewish? Well, if you don't believe in Judaism, that, that doesn't apply to you. If you don't believe in Torah, that doesn't apply to you. It's amazing to me that when, when people tell me that, 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 that just makes me laugh. I'm an atheist, but I'm Jewish. Why are you Jewish? How are you Jewish? You can't be Jewish and an atheist. It's impossible to be a Jewish atheist. The idea of Judaism is monotheism, which is belief in one God. If you are an atheist and you don't believe in any God, then you can't be Jewish. So you can't be a Jewish atheist. But my mother was Jewish, so I'm Jewish. Oh, okay, but that only applies if you believe in the Torah. If you don't believe in the Torah, that doesn't apply. Because that rule comes from the Torah. Oh, whoa, mind blown, right? This is what I'm talking about. If you don't understand Judaism, then you can't really fight against the Jew haters. If you don't understand that Judaism is not a religion of peace, 
but it's actually a religion of, uh, of defending ourselves, of fighting, of, of, of conquering our neighbors, conquering our, our enemies, not our neighbors, our enemies. And it's hard to fight against Jew haters. Years ago, I had uh, Mike Guzowski. He was the director of Kahanachai at the time. Now he runs a different organization. He was on the show years and years and years ago. And I asked Mike, I said, Mike, um, tell me, uh, what do you do to Jew haters? And, and, and his answer still sits with me today. He says to me, listen, Howie, the only thing you could do to a Jew hater is crush him. You're not going to convince a Jew hater not to hate Jews. There's no way you can. You're not going to change the Jew hater's mind that Jews are suddenly good people. Because that's impossible. It's not going to happen. So the Jew hater's sole goal is to destroy the Jewish community, is to destroy the Jew. Kill the Jew is what the Jew hater wants to do. And the only way to stop someone who wants to come and kill you is to crush them, crush their heads. And no truer words have ever been spoken. He is 100% right. And until we realize that the only solution to Jew hatred is fighting back against it, and sometimes physically and sometimes verbally, that's the only solution. That's the only way to defend ourselves. Now, for 75 years, just about 75 years, the state of Israel has been fighting for their survival. Day in and day out, and day in and day out, they've been fighting for their survival. And they've been fighting against an internal enemy. They've been fighting against people who live in their land who are attacking them and killing their civilians. The only solution to that problem is the removal of those people from the land, is, is take back your land, is... is Okay, so the world will say, hey, what are you doing? You can't just expel a million people or two million people. And they're right. Where are they going to go? The world's not wrong that you can't just do it. So separation. So that's what Israel started doing. They built a separation border. Here, you, you Arabs have your land and we have our land and there's a wall between us. But then the Arab propagandists came out and said that's a apartheid fence. You're committing apartheid. You're separating the Jews and the Arabs. You're creating an apartheid state. No, we're creating a safe state, a safe state for our people. But once again, we are terrible at public relations. We are terrible at talking to the media. We are terrible at defending ourselves and at defending our country. We are absolutely terrible at it. And so when, when these questions are asked, our government officials don't answer the questions in, in a logical way that, that, that North Americans and that the world will understand. When we put up that border wall, when Israel put up that border wall, it stopped 94% of terror attacks that were coming through, through the wall, through that area to Israel. 94% of terrorists stopped. How many lives is that? Now, now you, could tell, you could tell North American journalists that, you know, we saved a million lives or, or 100,000 lives or whatever number it is. I don't know what the statistic is. We could say that and we could, we, could, we could make that claim and we could, we could prove that claim. And they wouldn't even care. They wouldn't care because Jewish life means nothing to them. That a dead Jew means nothing. It's irrelevant. Who cares? We care because as Jews, we are connected to every other Jew in the world. And so we care when Jews are killed. But the rest of the world couldn't give a damn. Jewish blood is cheap and it's spilled all the time. 
for no condemnations, no nothing. I know this is how we started and this is how we're going to end it. It is totally, totally unacceptable. When Jews are mowed down in a synagogue and the world remains quiet, but Arabs are killed in a mosque and, and, and the world goes crazy, we know that there's a problem. This is, uh, this is a scary, sad, infuriating situation. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that one day we could settle this, that one day we could find that kind of solution, that one day the Jewish community could finally grow up and finally realize that, that, that staying quiet, that, that the, whole, the whole let's stay quiet and forget about it attitude doesn't work. I'm hoping and praying that, that one day we will be able to, to stand up and, and say, we are Jews, we are proud, and we are defending ourselves, and we don't care what you have to say about us. Scud missiles were flying from Iraq into Israel. And Israel backed down over money. That should never, ever happen again. We, we showed never again. This is a mantra the Jewish community shouts over and over again. Never again are we going to allow ourselves to be oppressed. Never again are we going to allow people to come and destroy us. Never again are we going to sit back and be quiet when our people are under attack. Never again. But it's just words. All it is, is hyperbole. There's nothing more to it. There's no substance to it. Because every time we're attacked, every time something happens, we remain quiet. What happened to never again? Never again means teaching us, our community, how to defend themselves. Never again means that when a Jew is attacked, the world knows that there will be some kind of retaliation, there will be some kind of response, there will be some kind of consequence. Never again means that we are not going to sit back quietly and allow our community to be attacked over and over and over again without some kind of response. That's what never again means. Never again means that, that our community will realize that they're in grave danger and that there's a potential for another massacre, and they'll get up and they'll leave, and they'll, they'll find a place to go. Never again means that we, will, that we will not allow governments to scapegoat the Jewish community, like the New York City government did during COVID, like, like they did, like, like, they, like the New York governor did and the New York mayor did. That's what never again means. So if we're going to chant never again, and we're going to chant it, and we're going to believe it, and we're going to mean it, well, then we got to follow through. If we don't follow through, then the words we chant are just empty. And if they're empty, that's fine. You want to chant empty slogans? That's fine. Because the world sees right through you. Because the world realizes it's empty. And this is why Jews keep getting attacked as, as they continue getting attacked. Because the world sees the emptiness. Because the world sees that the Jews are not willing to get up and defend themselves. The world sees that the Jews are still afraid. And, and, and we shouldn't be. And the fact that we are is extremely, extremely, extremely sad and scary.
Howie Silberger. Listen, I know I haven't been on in the, in the last couple of weeks. It's been uh, it's been up and down. Uh, I've been wanting to get on and I haven't gotten on. And uh, and I apologize to those of you who enjoy the show, who follow the show every week. I apologize. I'm supposed to be on daily, but uh, the situation has not allowed me to do that. I'm hoping that in the uh, in the next little while, next few weeks, we'll we'll get back on track. We'll be back on more often. Uh, this is my hope and this is my goal uh, to to get back on and to uh, to do the show on a regular basis. Uh, I thank you all for sticking in and for for checking in and for all the emails and the. Uh, and, and and the contact that you've given me on Facebook and on other social media uh, platforms, uh, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the concern. Uh, a lot of people have expressed a lot of concern over the fact that I haven't been on, and I appreciate that too. And uh, I I hope and I pray, and uh, it, it looks kind of promising that in the next few weeks, uh, we'll we'll start getting back to our regular schedule. We'll be back on uh, more often, uh, hopefully. Hopefully uh, every night for the Howie Silberger show and every week for uh, Political Hitman. And uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that, uh, that this happens. And I uh, thank you for sticking in there and for, uh, for listening and for caring enough to contact me and to, uh, to ask me about the show. Thank you so much. I'm Howie Silberger, and I bid you a good night, a good day. I don't know when you're listening to this, but good night and good day. And I'll see you next time right here. And uh, and uh, take care.